Welcome to the third in the series of Coffee Pods, a coffee break length look at some of the challenging questions in the Christian healing ministry. We've called this series The Good, The Bad and The Ugly as we look at some of the difficult and darker questions about healing. So whether you're an espresso, an Americano, a latte or a cappuccino, there is something here for you. So put in your earbuds, grab your coffee mug and let's go. Welcome to this sixth podcast in the third series of Coffee Pods as we look at some of the questions around Christian healing. Uh, Today's question centres around the issue of journeying with unanswered prayers and it's been it's come out of some questions that you've sent in um, about how can we bring healing to those who need it but won't accept it how best can I be alongside people as they discover Jesus healing in their lives and how to encourage those who feel that prayer for healing has not been answered. Uh, There's another category which came as how to pray with faith when some are healed and some aren't. So I guess everybody needs healing in some way or other. We all need it. But it is challenging when we encounter people where there is no visible progress or change or transformation, particularly after uh, multiple um, moments of praying. And so it might be helpful to ask why people will not accept Jesus' healing in those moments. Well, the truth is that some may have had bad experiences. People praying insensitively and eroding uh, a person's dignity, robbing them of that God-given element of our humanity. Perhaps the methodology has been inappropriate or the way it was done was handled badly. I remember being in a healing meeting and I asked uh, a friend um, if, uh, who was leading the meeting if he would pray for a couple in the church who were struggling to conceive. You can imagine my horror when the next thing I hear from the microphone publicly is that we're going to pray for this couple and name them um, who are struggling with infertility. It was a real lead balloon moment, not only for uh, the couple and, and their family, but also for us as we thought, oh, my word. And, and yes, faith might have been present, but wisdom was certainly not. Perhaps people have been used for the purpose of displaying somebody's ministry, which has resulted in them being exposed when they're already uh, vulnerable and in pain. Sometimes people may have felt that they were made to feel they lacked faith or fault. And, And I've seen people who, with hands laid on somebody else, have said, now don't resist the spirit and don't resist the anointing. Do you know, in my experience, most people are not doing that. They're just really desperate for God. But of course, if you make people feel that they're at fault, then it becomes yet another bad experience. Sometimes people may have lost hope, uh, particularly with chronic and long-term illness. It can be difficult to keep believing on your own. So the man at the pool at Bethsaida, who'd been there for 38 years, and his response to Jesus is, but there's no one here to make it happen for me. If people have been prayed for, and nothing has happened on multiple occasions. Uh, 
or they've been to a great healing meeting that promised much but delivered little for them personally, then it can rob us of hope. Sometimes a person's emotions just become really raw because of elements like that. People have told me that they just um, dread people coming up to them, sometimes even strangers wanting to pray for them out of the blue because they have a visible physical need and it feels like it's something that needs correcting here and now. People can always tell if you see them with compassion or you see them simply as a ministry moment that will become another story that you can tell. Uh, Sometimes it's the fact that the view of Jesus is too small and that's not necessarily their fault. It could be ours or the church's that we can live with a wrong view of God and his love and his willingness to intervene. And we communicate that not just from the pulpit, but actually in the culture and the way that we are together. And people understand that God's willingness is questioned and and that might produce some hesitancy in them. Jesus takes time with some people for the purpose of building up their faith. So Bartimaeus uh, in Mark 10, Jesus will have a conversation with him. He'll dialogue with him before leading him to that moment of ministry and encounter. The Syrophoenician woman, uh, the story of the dogs and the bread under the table. And Jesus is drawing her, building her faith and her response to him in those moments. And of course, even Jairus, after the healing of the woman with uh, with the hemorrhage, Jesus deals with him to build his faith before going to the house to raise his daughter. Perhaps people have been prayed for out of enthusiasm and zeal, but have been prayed for too soon before the person was ready. And it just built up yet another moment of disappointment and of being let down. Perhaps there is an underlying issue that needed dealing with before healing could take place, something not identified or not seen. And that's where we do need to keep our hearts open to the Holy Spirit rather than just being responding in the moment to what we perceive as a need. And of course, the role of the will or the role of sin also can play a part in it. And to be honest, there are probably some other issues that I haven't touched on. And all of those can be contributing factors to why some people are unwilling to try again, or as my friend said, to risk again, allowing somebody to pray for them. And in that process, Perhaps the most important thing is we build a secure environment and culture around them before we try yet again. But getting alongside people is the right thing to do. And it requires us to live with the understanding that God does want to intervene and heal. And sometimes you might be the only person keeping that truth alive and present with them in their hearts and minds, in conversation and in the room. So the first thing I would suggest is that we focus them on Jesus, 
not on healing. They're more than aware of their need, but actually the most important thing is that they are aware of him. They have a revelation of him being there with him. And and it's about having confidence that the Holy Spirit is able to do his job. That's what he does. And in fact, it might be more important to build their connection with Jesus before suggesting to pray for healing in order that we connect them to the healer, not just to the event. Because there is no healing without Jesus. He has to be present for healing to take place, present in us or in someone. And this has to be so because we need his presence with us and carry his presence with us all the time, not just for this healing event. And perhaps that's one of the things that maybe we can focus on is saying, how do I live and carry the presence of Jesus with me all the time? If you use stories or testimonies, make sure that they are relevant and helpful. A juggernaut story of healing is not always helpful to a snail-sized need. Even though it's impressed us, it might not be helpful for others. So let those stories build your faith, even if it's not the right moment to tell others about them. Remember, this is, in a sense, about attaching them to Jesus, not to the spectacular or even necessarily to the healing itself. So at times we have to rein in our enthusiasm and our desire, and we need to keep it simply about trusting God. So how to pray with faith when some are healed and some aren't? Well, there is uh, two things, really. I guess there's about the gift of faith, and there is the prayer of faith. And all prayer has the element of faith in it. Hebrews 11.6 talks about those who come to God must believe that he exists and what? That he rewards those who seek him. But the gift of faith in 1 Corinthians 12 is not salvation faith, but it's an explosion of trust in God above and beyond what we would consider normal for our daily walk with him. It's a ministry gift, particularly useful when we um, feel overwhelmed or when we uh, encounter passivity or presumption or even unpredictability. And in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, um, God is revealed as Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. And it's used in times of extreme need and responsibility or crisis. You you find it in Joshua 5, 14, when um, Jesus appears to Joshua and says, as the captain of the army of the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Sabaoth, I have now come. It's a word that's used uh, about Cyrus, that I, the Lord of hosts, have raised Cyrus up in Isaiah 45. And it's a word that's frequently used around King David, the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Sabaoth, was with him. And so it's that tapping in, if you like, to more than just our confidence in God. Perhaps it's a bit like tapping into heaven's confidence in God, that deposit of faith, that explosion of faith within us that we know that God is present and his heart is towards us and he wants to act. 
But there is also the prayer of faith in James 5. Is anyone in trouble? Let them pray. Anyone happy? Let them rejoice. Anyone sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick well. The prayer of faith. And in a sense, that's praying out of the office uh, that people might hold, the elders of the church, the leaders. But there is an assurance that God will raise them. And there is also the element of that if he's you know, confessed any sins, they will be forgiven. And sometimes we pray out of the office that we hold, the place that we hold, either in church or in the kingdom of God. But then also at times we pray out of the word of God. And in one Kings 17, there's a story of Elijah um, meeting Ahab. And uh, it's the, the wonderful story, of course, where he says there will be no rain or dew except by my word. But interestingly enough, 1 Kings 17 follows 1 Kings 16. And verse 34 talks about um, in Ahab's time, um, Hiel of Bethel rebuilt Jericho. And you can go and read the story about the consequences where the word of God that Joshua uh, speaks out is fulfilled and it's like Elijah sees that and says this word has been fulfilled and God always fulfills his word and in fact the word that he fulfills with Elijah and no rain is that if Israel rejected God the heavens would become as brass and it would withhold its rain Incidentally, in the one Kings uh, 16 story, none of that is suggested that God caused the death of the two sons. Actually, it could more likely be that they were offered as child sacrifice uh, because of the uh, success of building the gates. So practically, what do we do? Well, can I say love the person and treat them as precious and valuable? Keep them in prayer when you're not with them. We can hold people present in the presence of God by our prayers. Do not pray horizontally. In your prayers, don't use it to make suggestions or give advice or counselling or direct them about what they should do, think or believe. When you pray for them, talk to the Father, even though others might be eavesdropping. Focus on worshipping Jesus and let him work, perhaps without our words. And when you are directed by the Holy Spirit to pray, discern what does this person expect God to do right now? You might want to ask, am I asking God to do this or is he directing me to take authority in his name? Am I telling something to leave before I'm asking for healing to come? And always pray with compassion. Leave people with a sense of blessing and the presence of God. And above all, don't panic. God is able today and tomorrow and whenever. So let's just come to a moment of prayer. And uh, if you found these podcasts helpful, then you can help others find them by giving us a like on iTunes. And please do, if you've got other questions, send them in to www dot acornchristian.org. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us deeply. And whether today we're in need or with others who are in need, that your heart is open to us, that we might know your healing love expressed through Jesus into hearts and minds and bodies. 
So Holy Spirit, wherever we are, come now, we pray, and touch us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Coffee Pots. We hope that it has inspired and stimulated both thought and action. You can send any further questions to info at acornchristian.org. And for further information on events, getting involved and supporting ACORN, go to our website at www.acornchristian.org. Thanks ever so much.